You are listening to The AQ, a podcast that equips rising adults with tips, tricks, tools, and fundamentals needed to help own their story in the real world successfully. Build your AQ now to adult easy later. Here's your host, Peyton Thompson. Welcome to another session in our career prep series. We are diving into everything LinkedIn today, and I am really excited to welcome back T. Cooper to the show. For those who haven't listened to her episode on resumes, go check it out because we jumped into all the nitty gritty details there and T laid out a really awesome blueprint for you guys to get started on a stellar resume. So with that, T, I know that we did an introduction for you on that episode, but I would quickly love just as a reminder, or for those who haven't heard your background yet, for the audience to get a chance to meet you. Yes, absolutely. So guys, um, I'm T Cooper, interviewing career strategist and founder of Cooper Squared Career Services. And I've also authored um, Dominate Your Career, a book to help you find the job that you want, right? Um, So, but thank you for joining us. Yeah, awesome. And thank you again just for your time today. I know this is super busy season for you, but y'all, T is a rock star. And with that, we're just going to go ahead and get started on all things LinkedIn. So we have a pretty solid resume together. We've got all the other materials that you're kind of looking for for your job. And we're going to start tidying up our LinkedIn profile from top to bottom. To kick off the conversation, I think this is really important to start with. T, why should we be optimizing our LinkedIn profiles? Right, right. So I believe in our last episode, um, I mentioned no like trust, right? You know, the entire process, you're trying to create no like trust with the employer, the recruiter, the hiring manager, all those parts. So this is the like part of that, right? So you created the no using your resume, and now you're creating the like. So the no was them kind of looking over your information and saying, you know what? Okay, I know what that person can do. I know what you can do. Okay, let's see if I like you. So like is the next place the recruiter goes to when they're trying to figure out if you're going to be a cultural fit. If you are who you, you know, I know you on paper, but let me see if I can get a feel if you'll be able to fit into our team. So that's where you go to LinkedIn and they identify if they like you. So the like you know, kind of leads to your your interview, your uh, phone screening and different things of that nature. But I think we're like 98% of recruiters are on LinkedIn um, looking for their talent, you know? So what does that tell you? If you're not on LinkedIn, you're pretty much missing out. Just to like emphasize a couple points there that you had mentioned, it really helps increase, you know, your opportunities for your aspirations within your career because mm-hmm. it is such a it, it is such a widely used tool it helps with your search engine optimization for your own profile. You having all yeah. of these keywords linked to your aspirations. Um, you can right. grow your network and connections. And really, like you said, this is your brand. This is your like aspect of this. So I think in terms of you being able to showcase what you're made of beyond that one sheet of paper of your resume, this is really where you can stand out and shine for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I want to discuss a couple of different areas. I feel like we covered um, a lot of sections that are almost mirrored in the LinkedIn profile on our resume episode. So anything from like experience, skills, philanthropy, awards, interests. But I'd love to just see if you have any suggested angles to take on these particular areas of your LinkedIn. When it comes to your LinkedIn, you have to remember that you're talk as if, you know, it's you, you know, not maybe necessarily not your home girl, but you do kind of want to sit in that tone a little bit because you don't want to look like everyone else. Same thing, you know, like with your resume, you don't want to look like everyone else and you want to be able to kind of give off a little bit of personality. So whereas in your resume, you may not say, hey, I, I bake cake on, cakes on the weekends or what your hobbies are it's perfectly okay to mention that in your summary as a little brief statement on, you know, what you do, or maybe um, you volunteer with the Boys and Girls Club. LinkedIn is a great place to be able to mention that where it may not always sit well on a resume because remember your resume is like prime real estate. So you want to make sure that every piece of information you include there is relevant to that role. It's going to make sense. So if I'm applying for something nonprofit or an organization that is, 
you know, heavy on um, seeing their mission in terms of the community back out, then I'm going to make sure I highlight that in my resume at the very bottom. But that's not necessarily true for all jobs. So on LinkedIn, I can, however, elaborate on that a little bit more and talk about what I do, you know, in my free time with the community. Um, so, you know, think about that. Think about just bringing it to life. Um, the most important piece is going to be, as you mentioned earlier, you know, making sure that you optimize, use those keywords that it's flowing through throughout that entire um, LinkedIn because those keywords. So whereas you see LinkedIn as a platform and um, like any other social media, like, OK, you know, I go here. But of course, LinkedIn is professional. Recruiters see LinkedIn. They have LinkedIn recruiters. So every single thing that you can pretty much honestly think of in terms of schools you went to, um, first and second, third connections. Um, I mean, it can be filtered down all the way. So you really wanna make sure you give yourself a competitive advantage by making sure that you don't leave any fields that you don't leave any of the fields out, right? Your headliner is number one. I think it holds 120 characters. So instead of most the, the uh, I don't wanna say generic, but the, hmm, I'll come back to the word, but so LinkedIn, you know, they have it set up to where when it's automatically going to be the company's name along with your school you went to. That's your header. But that serves you no purpose. So if you're continuously building on your brand, you want to make sure that the header that you use is geared more towards where you're headed or where you, you know, you, you as a person. So if you're in a field, if you're an accountant or you're, you know, um, a recent grad, you know, say those things in your header that's what's going to benefit you most. And then talk about what you do well. I thought it was a really cool point that you had brought out about, um, well, I think it wraps up into everything that you said is that LinkedIn is dynamic. So if you are volunteering or you are a part of these different organizations and you have these connections to your schools, et cetera, you can tag them or link it to their pages. And then that gives the recruiter like so much more to expand on and who you are and what you're about as well, which is really cool. I also wanted to just call out something that you had mentioned, which I think is pretty standard. So it's like with your resume, you have this kind of blueprint, I think, for what you're going to put in your LinkedIn. But is it fair to say that we shouldn't just copy and paste that content? You should make it a little bit more personal or... I guess, have a, a little bit more structure behind it. Do you have any thoughts on the best ways to approach these sections instead of just copying and pasting the content over? Yes. So when you think about LinkedIn, think in terms of um, a little bit more looser sort of speech, I want to say. So whereas in your professional history, I mean, on your resume, you pretty much speak in terms of performed this well, did this. On LinkedIn, you more or less want to say, in this role, I did blah, blah, blah. You know, you really want to insert yourself. And you don't have to give a overview of the task because your resume usually has an overview of tasks as well as accomplishments. You know, just honestly focus on the accomplishments. In this role, I accomplished such and such by doing whatever. You know, focus on the accomplishments because they already have your resume in hand to know what your tasks are. And then when it comes to breaking down your about section or your summary on LinkedIn, you know, you're more or less going to talk about how, how did you land in this space or why are you targeting this area? You know, that's more, that's going to more sell on your why. And when you sell on your why, you grab people's attention. Oh, okay, so this is why she's doing this. And then that's going to be that same place where, as I mentioned earlier, you can mention about you being or liking to bake you know, on the side or, you know, maybe you hike or whatever. That's a good place to mention that. And then the most important part to doing your summary is to ask, is to do what we call as is a call to action, right? So, you know, invite them to connect with you, invite them to give you a call or email. So let me tell you something. I've had my email and phone number on my summary and LinkedIn at this point now, maybe three years and people really, I may have had one person actually use the number. So you don't really have to be afraid that, oh my gosh, if I put that out there, someone's going to be spamming me because we do have that to worry about these days, right? But nine times out of 10, no, not really. 
Okay. And then quickly, I know that we had mentioned this on the resume episode, but should you do your email for your LinkedIn also be as much as possible, your first name dot last name? Absolutely. Okay. As much as possible, first name dot last name. I do want to add a little bit of piece in, at least a little bit of tad bit of information. If you so happen to have a common name, then think about additional letters or maybe including your middle name, but steer away clear, please. Do not include years of graduations. Do not include years of birth because it's easy to decipher that that's what you're using. And then when you do that, you create biases. Okay. Within your email. Within your email. Okay. Good to know. And something that I just learned on the episode. (laughs) So all of that, exactly why you're here today. And then you had mentioned one other thing about them having your resume in hand. Is there a place on your LinkedIn for you to upload your resume? And I guess, I I think I've seen it before if I'm not mistaken, but would you recommend uploading your resume to LinkedIn? Or do you think that's something that should be handled off, off that platform? So, you know, it's, some will say yes, and I'm one of the ones that say no. And the reason being is because I really want you to be able to control your resume to have it as a conversation piece, right? So maybe there's something to it explained there or or whatever. But if you have it there on your LinkedIn, laid out with your LinkedIn, there's really no reason to call you back if there's there's questions about it, right? So in order to kind of, again, you know, remove that, I would say no. Are you totally wrong if you do? Absolutely not, but I, I I like to steer clear from it. But if you wanted to, if you're like, you know what, T, because if you're in a project world um, where you and your resume is more project driven, you may want to showcase those things. So at the very top of LinkedIn, you are able to um, click on the pencil and add and add it as an attachment. Okay. Okay. So I think in that case, sounds like it's a little bit personal to you, but if they have your resume through a separate portal that is more tailored to that job application. That's mm-hmm. probably what you want them to see and not a more generic version. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, with that, thank you for just touching on the overview of LinkedIn. I think I'd like to get into the components of the actual profile, just going from top to bottom. So we touched a little bit on the header. I do have a couple specific questions. So I think we'll kind of just take it step by step. So you had, we had talked about a couple things with your, within your contact information, adding your name. And then for location, I, was kind of curious about this. I've gotten this question before. Should you keep the location of where you are or where you are actively aspiring to work? So for example, maybe if you're moving, if you're planning on moving or you, your desire is to move, should you be putting that city? Maybe you don't have all the logistics set up yet, but your goal is like, I'm going to work in this city and it's not the current one I'm in. Should you put that city or should you put your current city that you're in? I would say use the city that you are aspiring to work in because that's where the recruiters, when they look, you're going to come up in their network. So you want to make sure you're in their network. Use the city that you're aspiring to live in. Okay. That's awesome. So kind of gives you, I think, a little bit of leg up on essentially letting recruiters know, hey, this is where I will be, even if you're not maybe there yet. That's great. And then I love that you called out how many characters are in a headline. This is really important. So I'd like to spend a minute on this. Mm -hmm. From what I've heard, there's somewhat of a formula and um, to this to this headline. And it's really vital to optimize this section since it's the first one anyone sees. And I know you had a couple thoughts that you started going into. I'm going to open it up to see about your take on what a headline should look like and what should be included in it. Yes, absolutely. So your headliner, if, if we're simplifying this, it should be like your title, the, which is going to be the role that you are in or aspiring to be or what you do in your field. So it can be accountant, it could be senior account, or it could be me running with the accountants here. <laughs> it can be something like that. And then um, your second piece to that is going to be your value statement, your your position of value, right? So maybe you, you'll say something like accountant with 20 plus years of experience, um, excelling at reporting 
in GLs or something, right? So just, you just give a really quick little highlight statement about what it is you do well. So that's going to be your value proposition. That makes sense. So kind of what your expertise is, what your specialty is, and what you're going for and what you want to be put known for within somebody looking at your profile for the first time. Is there any other components of it also, or is that pretty much what, what you should stick to in a headline? That's pretty much what you should stick to. Now, you can get really wild and crazy with it, but if if we're going out, I'm looking for a job, I'm just getting started, and I want to make sure I get this right, then I would probably say just stick with your title and your value proposition. That's going to serve you well because it says who you are, and then it talks about what you do well, which you always want to make that a statement. Okay, okay. In this headline, I've seen other kind of, I guess, attributions to work like for example you wrote a book so would is that something that you would add in there too or would you just say that that's probably best to steer away from and then add in the next sections no you can add it in there so i would say for instance for me it would be good to add in there right because i'm i do cons a lot of consultant work so that's really good and just as your resume your linkedin isn't it isn't static so it's always changing and different things like that for the moment. So you kind of have to feel and see what works. So I would say if you are targeting roles, if you have a certain type of feel that you are targeting, you can insert that there. Um, some people include their phone numbers or emails. So there's a lot of different things you can put in there. You get about maybe the first 80 characters show up when you post. So that's how it serves you well. You know, it has your name and then it talks about, you know, what your head, your headline pops up in a comment. Yeah. Okay. So in that case, put your most notable things that you want to be identified with first. That's, that's exactly. important. I know that's also something on the next few sections too, because you only see a couple lines before you have to hit that read more. So we'll dive into that soon, but for the next topic within your header, um, profile pictures, <laughs> definitely. I feel like there are some parameters that should be gotten right here, uh, for lack of a better way to say that. What characteristics um, would you say instigate a good photo for your profile picture? Right. So one thing is, let's talk about this. If you don't have a professional profile photo, you don't have to worry about hiring out a photographer today, all right? But you do need to get it right today because you don't know who's going to be looking when and where, right? So the easiest thing that you can do is just find a solid background in your home, you know, preferably a light background and have someone to take a picture of you using your cell phone. Um, the cell phones have come a long way, so you can pretty much get a professional shot using your cell phone and just make sure that it's shoulder width and above, right? Um, that's that's going to be really good for you. Now, you don't have your Profile photo can get really fun and show personality, but I'm always leery and scared to tell people that they can do that because if you don't really kind of go and look and do a little research to see how fun, how much fun you can have with it, then you get too risky, right? But by all means, do not make it a selfie. Yes. <laughs> I'm Listen. still seeing a lot of selfies. <laughs> there, yes. You have no excuse to put a selfie as your profile picture. No <laughs> Do not make it a selfie because of, I, I think for most people who are in recruiting or um, other professionals, I think they would rather see a grainy photo than a selfie because our selfies should live on other accounts versus um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, you definitely want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward and presenting yourself, you know, in, in the best light. You know, it doesn't mean that, again, you have to have a stiff photo or anything like that, but you definitely want to make sure you identify what's going to be appropriate and what's not. And that most appropriate photo is going to be, you know, shoulder width and above and in height and then just straight on, you know, kind of giving that, that picture. And then as you settle into your career, and you've been on LinkedIn a little while, you, you'll understand that you can kind of get a photographer at that point and then kind of have some other professional shots that are maybe not so generic. Yeah, and I, just on that note of professional photography, for a lot of those listening who are in school or, um, or maybe who are recently joining an organization, you can, a lot of times the organization or your school will have opportunities for you to leverage 
for you to take a professional headshot. And then I guess just some other things that I would even say too, just off of the selfie comment is like no filters, <laughs> make sure it's in no color. Filters. I would say it's nice to smile. Don't look so serious to where you kind of give that like standoffish vibe. Like it's nice to be a little bit inviting, I think to your profile. And then I would say dress appropriately and make sure that you're wearing attire that would be suitable for somebody who is looking to recruit you for that future field. <laughs> that is great advice. Oh, let me insert one more thing. Yeah. And it should only be you because I've seen pictures that, where other people are included. <laughs> right there. No, and I we know all the babies are cute too. Don't no babies, <laughs> no other people. Yes, no family, no friends, nothing like that. Um, I, I agree. It should just this is your profile. It's your chance to make an impression. Make it a good one. Yeah, that's great, T. Thank you so much. And then I would say, too, do you, uh, for updating your profile picture, do you think it's fair about three to five years? I personally need to go update my profile picture. It's been <laughs> over five years. But um, would do you say that that's about fair for keeping it recent? Yeah, yeah, about every three to five years. You know, I've, I've seen people stretch them out about 10, you know, they look completely different. That doesn't hurt. If it's a good profile picture, it doesn't hurt. You know, it will be a shocker when they meet you and they're like, wait. <laughs> but um, for the most part, about every three to five years is, you know, that's how we, we change as individuals. For the cover photo, um, do you have any suggestions on best practices here if you are going to use one? Please use one. Please use one. And let me tell you why. So let's get into why we should use one. We should use one because if you do a search on LinkedIn, if you like do a little friend search and see who's in your network, you see all the people who don't have one and you see the people who do have one and the people who do have one actually stand out. So you really want to make sure you're kind of like standing out on the good side with using your um, profile banner and an easy way to create a banner is Canva. I create all my clients banners in Canva so you can, you can create one for free in Canva and you can use a solid background so you don't have to get, you know, really technical, but if you wanted to spruce it up a little bit, I would encourage, right, like using your title of whatever position you're applying for, whatever you're going to, or using hard skills such as maybe like computer science or something like that in that because all of those things are, at that point, it becomes an ad for you, right? Someone's scrolling, they're looking, they see your picture, okay, computer science major or um, back to my accountant, accountant, and you have all these different things on there. And if you wanted to, you can include your LinkedIn I'm sorry, not your LinkedIn, your um, email address or your phone number or website if you have work out there that you want people to be able to go to. So that's all. that all works really well. Now, LinkedIn also has some, um, here I go with generic again because I cannot think of the word I want to use, but they have generic <laughs> um, banner photos that you're able to choose from as well. I would say, you know, be sure that if you, ch whatever photo you choose, if you're not going with the solid background, because I know there's one, for instance, out there that has pencils and crayons over it. I think that would be really suitable for a teacher, someone in education, right? Think about, think along those lines. You can, if you're going to the medical field, you can think about using thermometers with, uh, or um, is it telescope or te telescope or something? Forgive me. But um, I don't think know about either. using <laughs> something that like is. that um, in your banner, right? Those are all going to be oriented with your profession. Yeah, that's cool. I've, I, I think that's really unique. I've never seen anything like that before, but it, again, entirely why we're having you on the show today, <laughs> I've seen like your organization or even like your school kind of mixing, matching those identities, I guess, within your banner, or even I've seen like your city skyline or some yeah. kind of like scenic I guess, um, quote, or even something with even one of your favorite quotes on, yep, on it too. But I really liked how you said you can really use that as another just layer of mm -hmm. showcasing who you are, branding where you want to be, who you want to be known as, and really kind of setting yourself up for anybody looking at your profile, especially if they are a recruiter, checking out if you're the right person for a role or that profession. So I, I think that's awesome. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so moving into the like dreaded, I feel like about section, I feel like a lot of people are kind of like, what do I, where do I start on this? So 
I think I'd just love to get your perspective if there's a good flow um, on what should be included in this section and if you have any kind of personal thoughts of what what might make it optimal. Yeah, so the, the best about sections basically do two things. They tell who you are and what you do well. And that's pretty much all you wanna do. Who are you, you know? Your, um, who, your who are you is gonna encompass how did you get to this field? Why are you doing what you do, right? So you're, you're usually gonna answer that in about, honestly, less than a paragraph, three or four sentences, right? And then once you've done that, then you wanna talk about what you do well. So what do you do well? Why do you do this, right? So what do you do well? What are you known for? So if you don't have the work experience yet, maybe you can talk about in the, in the when you maybe, we all have projects in, in college for sure. <laughs> So maybe you were the leader, you were the scriber, you were the whoever you were in that project, you know, you can talk about what you're known for. Like, you know, usually I take a leadership role in such and such projects because, you know, these characteristics tend to stand, stand out for me. Those are all really good things to mention. It's like, oh, okay, I can see that because now you're creating a story. Remember when we talked in the last episode, you always want to make sure that you're creating a story. Stories are easy to follow. And then... Another good thing to do and add inside of that section is like summary of qualifications. Summary of qualifications need to matter and match what that job, the jobs that you're going to be applying for, they're, they're usually going to match those exact same things. So let's say they say they want someone um, with team development or business development or, you know, all of these different things. You can list out about six to 10 of them right under your um, why, why you do this. And then all of that information that's in that summary is important because it's searchable. It's searchable for the, by the recruiter. So they can type in one little word and then your, your summary will generate your profile. So that's really good. And then of course, we're closing that profile out with a call to action, which is, you know, hey, to learn more about me or whatever the case may be, connect with me here, follow me, call me. <laughs> You're basically like, hey, I'm here, right? All of those different things. And um, so you always want to make sure you have that call to action because if someone is reading your profile and they make it all the way to the end, you want to make sure that you're inviting, let them know that you're open to connect because at the end of the day, LinkedIn is all about connecting and those, because those connections serve you well for a lifetime. Yeah. Okay. All so good. <laughs> I have a couple questions on some of the things that you said, okay. um, maybe just to expand on, on this section a little further. First, in terms of how long it should be. The reason that I do want to mention this is because I think this is one of the sections where it only shows like the first three lines before mm -hmm. you you have to click to read more. So let me just pause and see if you have any thoughts there. Yeah, so I believe, um, I have to, I can't remember right offhand, but I think in this section, you actually get 220 characters. So, you know, the first, three sections, I always say, you know, think about an attention grabber, right? Here we are with the ad. Your LinkedIn is like an ad. It's like, hey, come learn about me. So what is something that you can say about yourself or, you know, you could share that's kind of like, wow, you know, that something like as hook. quirky as, yeah, a hook, right? As quirky as, you know, I, I bake cakes on the weekends and I, I, um, I cook books, not, well, we don't want to be cooking books in accounting, but you know, I cook <laughs> something, like, something that's like, what? And then it brings them their attention to your profile um, to go down and read more in your summary. So you do want to have a hook, start it off with a hook, because just as you were mentioning, Peyton, you have, I think it's the first, I think it's two, but maybe it's three sentences okay. that show up um, at the very beginning. So the, the perfect way to do that is to, you know, have that hook, then, you know, eliminate those three, those three sentences, space, space, and then start your, your paragraphs. And the reason being is because now when you don't, when you do that, you force them to have to read more because they're like, what? I want to learn more about this person. Like, no, <laughs> that's like, what she cooks books doing today. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's so good. And I think that's, see, it's like little tips like these that people, you know, could really benefit from if they're not already optimizing their profiles this way. So that's great. And then did want to ask on format, first person? First person. And, okay. And assuming from what we're talking about, telling a story, also paragraph format. Absolutely. Paragraph format, first person. 
awesome. So keep it skimmable, at least to the point where, you know, you're like really, you know, engaging people in those first couple lines. And then beyond that, you can get into the meat of who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned keeping it skimmable. Yes. So break the paragraphs up, make sure your paragraphs are broken up. And then if you use some of your qualifications, maybe you're bulleting out that information. Just think about digesting the information, right? How can this person easily digest this information? Um, because the more space you have, same thing like your resume, space creates readability. So when you have that there, then that person is more keen to continue to follow versus, oh, this is too much to digest. Let me move on. That's awesome. Well, okay. I, I feel like the about, there's probably even more we could go into, but we're going to move on to the featured and activity section. So mm -hmm. I feel like from my personal experience, this shows a little bit of like the human element of yourself mm -hmm. that we were talking about, that likability aspect for this content, especially for anybody who is in school or coming out of school or uh, maybe has been in their job for a couple years, who maybe looking to promote themselves using this section. Do you have any good um, suggestions on what kind of content should be shared here? The feature section is gonna be the place where if you have work, you wanna display a website, you can use that. If you have a thought leadership type post and it was it did really well or you know something that really resonates with you, you can pin that there as well. This is gonna be that place where your resume, if you want to attach that, you can have that attached there. Um, LinkedIn, I can't remember all formats, but they have like three, like maybe three or four different formats of um, material that you can post in that space. Even if you have a picture or PNG file that you wanna upload there of your work, or maybe you, doing some partnerships or whatever the case may be, right? So there's a lot you can do with that space, but because it sits on top of your profile, it's like, boom, right there. Once once someone gets to your profile, you really want to make sure that it's really good. It's really good because you're going to be calling all the attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how you said it's, it's something that you can share your wins on mm -hmm. and it's a way to also with the different types of posts that you can create it's either those organic posts or you can reshare other posts too of things that are i think aligned with your aspirations or your activities or maybe it's engaging with others in that way too um so i, I think those are all really great call outs and then i think is the interest section also in here as well if i'm not mistaken on what uh, on what you can like, different pages that you can like for your interests? Oh yeah, so the interest page, that actually is at the very bottom of LinkedIn. So as you go uh, to other okay. pages <laughs> and you, um, let's say you like Houston Business Journal or um, the Harvard Business Journal, that's one that I follow and like. All of those things show up at the bottom. So that, so that shows your interest in different things that you're into. So with that said, I think you really should, you know, pay attention to different, you know, organizations and causes and different things like that that you follow or um, or show interest in because that is going to be a part of who you are. It's going to be again creating that. Oh, okay, this is this is more about T. This is more about Peyton, right? So if you're kind of like into it but not really into it, and you just like it because then maybe it shouldn't sit on your profile as an interest. Okay. That's good to know. Would you say that if you are going for, I mean, this is within our career prep series, if you are going for a job to go like that company's page as well as part of your interests? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you are applying for a company, make sure that you're following them, go like their page, because even if they don't choose you now, Again, a LinkedIn recruiter, it's an entirely different ball game. The recruiters are able to search by people who are following their page and who they're connected to. So yeah, absolutely. And then I think this is a separate section too, but do you have anything to say on publications? Yeah. So most, most people don't, from what I've you know, come across, don't really have publications to add, but if you, you know, have done some work in school and it is published or maybe you have an article out, that's a good place for you to put your publications. 
because again, it's contributing to you being like a thought leader expert. Maybe you don't have that real lifetime experience yet, but you have enough experience to have, you know, put those publications out there and done the research. So you have research experience, which is really good as well. Okay. That's cool. And I think that especially for those who have it, this is a great place for you to showcase it and even link articles to it and whatnot as well. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. How about endorsements? Do you have mm-hmm. any um, suggestions or, or advice on best practices for endorsements? Yes. So LinkedIn gives you 50 skills, right? And your skills can be endorsed and you're able to pin three of your skills. So the three skills that you choose to pin I would say those need to be skills that are really high up on the list of a role that you're applying for. So if you if you put three, if you pull the job description of the role that you're interested in from three different companies and you, let's say you were highlight and you see these three skills all the time, those are the ones that should live at the top of your profile. Well, the top of your skill section. So you'll pin those to the top and then you are able to, people, your friends or connections are able to like or um, endorse those skills saying, yeah, she does interview or yes, you know, he does know how to do this, all of those different things. So that works in your favor because as you build up on those skills and those endorsements, then when the recruiter looks at your page, it's validating that you do know what you say you know, right? So that's really good. Now, a good tip for landing endorsements is endorse other people they'll feel good about endorsing you. So, you know, you start the endorsement process. Okay. That is so powerful. (laughs) And I feel like your peers, your colleagues, and if you're in school, Mm -hmm. your classmates, you know, saying that we did go through this together. I think that that's something that you can really leverage to show, yes, I am credible in this thing that I'm saying that I is one of my skills and that I'm, you know, really aspiring to go into. All of what you said there, I love all the value you dropped on that. So I think that's really what I wanted to cover in the episode today. I do have just two last topics I'd love to touch on, but here's one thing that I wrote that I just want to make sure that we call out is that you can change your URL for your profile to your name so that your URL isn't all of these crazy letters and numbers as it typically is if it's just generated automatically you can change it to where it's www.linkedin.com slash your name. So there is a way to do that. We'll link that in the show notes, but do you have any thoughts or things to say on that? Um, Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Always change your URL because again, you're creating a professional brand and you want to be able to say, yeah, check me out on linkedin.com backslash T Cooper. Yes. So moving into the last space, I'd love to cover on LinkedIn, being that this is your area of expertise and having been featured in LinkedIn news and teaching on the platform as well. I wanted to ask if you have anything to share with the audience in terms of using LinkedIn for job opportunities and best practices for the audience to be leveraging their LinkedIn after the profile is complete. Yeah, absolutely. And before I hop into that, I do want to insert this one more thing. Um, LinkedIn LinkedIn allows you to be able to add recommendations. So as you, you know, there's like multiples of things, like you add awards and different things, but recommendations out of everything that we've talked about is probably one of the most important things. And because a recommendation is like getting a reference before a reference, right? So let's say I am looking for an opportunity recruiter looks at my page and they're like, oh, you know, I really think I like your blah, blah, blah. And then they're kind of on the fence. Well, the, as they're on the fence, they scroll down my um, LinkedIn and then they see that I have these recommendations and other people are validating my experience. Other people are validating that I'm this great person that I, I said I am in my summary and that I appear to be on my resume. So I am probably going to get a call ahead of any other individual who is without because I, there are other people who are singing my praises. So consider getting at least three to five recommendations, you know, from your professors, from your colleagues, from your friends or people who you have done projects with. And then, you know, make sure that those things are incorporated on your LinkedIn profile because 
they'll help sell you as well. Again, we're making sure to encompass the entire brand and build that brand, you know, for years to come. Now, um, the second piece to that, you mentioned, what was that again? I'm sorry. No, no, <laughs> That was a great point, and thank you for emphasizing that as well. Mm-hmm. What what I had just asked, and I'll just repeat the question, is if you have anything to share with the audience in terms of using LinkedIn for job opportunities after the profile is complete. Oh, yes. So when it comes to using LinkedIn for job opportunities, what you want to do is making sure that even though you find a job on LinkedIn, right, We want to apply on the company's website. I think I mentioned this last time, but you also want to go to the company's page and identify the recruiter. Usually for larger companies is going to be, this is where LinkedIn is key. So for larger companies it's going to be segmented out really well. So we'll either be under talent sourcer, sourcer, talent acquisition, something along those lines for smaller organizations. Usually everything is handled by HR. So I say look for the individual who you share the most connections with and then connect with them and let them know that you just applied for that role. Even if the role was was um, uploaded, you know, months, weeks ago, whenever, last night, uh, just a moment ago, you still always want to say, hey, I noticed I wasn't sure if this role was still available, but I wanted to let you know that um, I just applied. Here are the skills that I have, you know, X, Y, Z. I always say delivering threes because people people remember in threes. So delivering threes is much easier to remember. And, you know, give those high-level overview points about why they should give you a call back, basically. And then get calls to action. Hey, look forward to um, speaking with you or if there's anything, you know, should I? I like to leave off with a question. Um, should I send over my resume? Because people feel obligated to answer questions. And then, you know, that's a really good way of getting recruiters to kind of respond with you. And if they haven't responded when you send that message, give it about seven days and follow up. The win is always in the follow up. Because remember, we're a society who has a million things going on. Lots of tabs open. I have about 50 tabs open. (laughs) (laughs) So don't take it personal. Don't think that hey, you don't have a shot at this role because it could be very well that they have too many tabs open and, you know, they looked, they saw you as a great candidate at that moment. Someone caught their attention and that then they forgot. So you sometimes you got to remind them. So send them a little reminder about seven days. You want to also make sure that, you know, you're active on LinkedIn. Now, I don't think that you have to make it a job, but you do want to be active. You want to, because when a recruiter, Okay, so this is very important. So I'm going to dive into this a little bit. When a recruiter looks at your LinkedIn, uh, it shows your activity. Nine times out of 10, they're going to look at your activity because they're going to want to know if you're going to respond to their message that they send. So if your activity has been, you hadn't said anything last three, six months, the likelihood of you responding is like uh, very slim. So they're probably not going to reach out especially in if you're a really good candidate, they still will reach out. If you are a candidate, they're kind of on the fence on, maybe not so much. So you always want, if if there is an, even a small chance that someone is on the fence with you, you want to make sure that you have kind of exhausted, you know, um, all of the opportunities there for them to kind of get to know you and, and want to reach out, right? A lot of double clicks on what you just said. <laughs> that was awesome. Really quick, I I wrote a ton of notes down. Mm -hmm. Um, So first, just reiterating strategic connects, Mm -hmm. making sure that you are getting in touch with especially the people who will be considering you for a job. Mm -hmm. And then I love what you called out about the CTAs. And then it, it brought me to another thought of any time that you are making a connection, I think it's useful to send that little note. I know it's not many characters, but like you said, having very high level points of just who you are, why you're reaching out, what you're about, and then a quick little CTA on a next step for building that relationship and continuing engagement. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's a great formula. And then two other topics I'd just like to quickly touch on. First, I know that there is a feature that you can actually turn on to say, I am looking for a job actively on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I actually did a poll on that feature maybe about a year ago. And um, turns out the recruiters love it there. Originally, I was not a fan of it there because um, I just felt like 
it, it makes, and this is coming from the recruiter perspective, right? And what I've heard people say that um, it wasn't a good look, okay? But turns out I'm connected with a lot of recruiters and most of them like to see it there. Um, they like to see, okay, so I think I need to back up a little bit because I'm saying like to see it there and there's two different options here, right? So when it comes to the open to work, you can have open to work. Of course, you can turn it on and leave it off for your network so people don't know. Only recruiters would know, but you can also have your open to network or open to open for work. Excuse me, guys. You can also have your open to work frame. Turns out the frame is good. Recruiters say they like it. They like to see that it makes things easy for them in terms of who's available. In terms of the on and off, of course, if you are in the job search, you want to make sure that you have it on. So many notes <laughs> that I also need to take. But as we're wrapping up, I'd love to just quickly talk about it is social media. So it is meant to be engaging with others and, you know, definitely building those relationships and fostering those relationships. Do you have any thoughts on the importance of keeping your profile up to date, staying on top of your posts or um, engaging with others within within the platform? Yes, um, I think you should do it regularly. I definitely think you should make sure that you at least try to post something once a week. You know, it doesn't have to be a job or a task or something like that, but you do want to show that you're active. Remember, you your LinkedIn is your network, so you want to make sure you're keeping it warm, right? The last thing you want to do is to kind of like not be active with your network, be active in your job search, and then you really can't go to your network because they're like, well, who are you? Or, or she's coming to us only when she wants something. <laughs> so, you know, try to keep your network warm. Yeah. Yeah. I pointed at me because I definitely need <laughs> to stay more on top of my LinkedIn. I feel like so many times I'm, I'm constantly trying to continue doing things that I just don't get to that, but it is important because it really is. I, I feel like almost a more dynamic resume, putting mm -hmm. yourself out there to the world to say, you know, I've done these things. I've participated. I've been active in cultivating my career. So I think with that, definitely some homework for me, but great, <laughs> great point for those listening on the call. Okay. So yeah. T, is there any just last advice that you have in terms of anyone shaping up their page to leverage for pursuing their career aspirations? Yeah. Um, just remember that, you know, it's your business to brand your career, right? So you are a, your brand, you know, whether the thing about it is, is whether we are actively participating in our brand or not, either way, you know, either way you are a brand. So make sure you own it out the gate, right? Um, and you can cultivate that brand any way that you want it and make sure that you are making those meaningful connections. Don't be so quick to ask, you know, see how you can assist, how you, can you help? What can you offer? Those relationships tend to um, develop much better. Thank you for just all of your wisdom that you have shared and brought here today. I think that like, in terms of how to build a really solid profile, we hit, you know, all the major topics in it. So I appreciate you just being willing to share your experience and professional advice on this. So for recommended resources of places to go look, I feel like LinkedIn has a lot of resources on how to optimize your LinkedIn, but do you have any <laughs> other thoughts on other places that might be good to go look? Yeah, so LinkedIn is definitely number one. And then I actually have a book here. I'm just pulled from the side. I, um, uh, it's Maximum Success with LinkedIn by Dan Sherman. That is a really good book as well. And then these are, you know, these are all LinkedIn thought leaders and people that meet with LinkedIn. But LinkedIn honestly has really good resources out there and the how-tos on how to, you know, really navigate their platform. I do have one last question and then I'll open it up for you to share with the audience an opportunity to get to follow you is I, I didn't get to ask this last time, but I love asking my guests this at the end of every episode is what is something that you've learned in adulthood that you wish that you could tell your younger self? Um, yes, get a mentor right off back. <laughs> so, you that's know, that's what I would tell myself. And that's what I would tell you guys, you know, get a mentor because you'll go so much farther. These people have already experienced where you're trying to head. 
and they're going to give you the inside scoop on a lot of things that you could never think about or imagine. And the reason being is because you haven't experienced, you have, you don't have the time to have experience on you yet. So get a mentor. They'll help guide you along your way in the career and help you be 10 times more successful in a shorter time frame. Awesome. I, and I couldn't agree more. I think that it just really helps you finding who you are, who you want to be, where you want to go. And it just, it gives you somebody to really use as a sounding board for a lot of those answers or perspective for helping you cultivate who you want to be. So I think that's great. Okay. So now for anybody to follow you and to learn more about working with you, where can they find you? Yes, absolutely. So I'm on all platforms as I am T Cooper. So if you are interested in following me, connecting, learning more information, you'll find me there. And you can also find me online at www.imtcooper.com. So and that'll take you to everything else about me. It's been a pleasure. Go check her out. She's awesome. She has such great things to share on her platform. So look her up, follow her. <laughs> and then just T, thank you again. It's been so good, so insightful talking to you. And I appreciate you making time for this conversation to just provide these awesome, noteworthy tips and tricks to the audience. Absolutely. Thank you for having me again, Peyton. Thank you for listening to the AQ Podcast by Evolve. If you love the value in our show, we'd greatly appreciate it if you would take a minute today to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends so that we can continue getting our message to others and featuring incredible experts with content to help you evolve. Our team works hard so that with every episode, you walk away with real lessons to enable you for your most purpose-driven life. To learn more about the show, find more resources, or get involved with Evolve's growing community visit www.evolve.me. That's A-V-O-L-V dot M-E. Thanks for tuning in today. See you next time on the AQ.